Welcome to the More Than Happy Podcast. I'm Mary Drelisak, and I'm bringing you a mix of life lessons and conversations to help you navigate life's journey. Okay, so are you searching for happiness? Well, what if you really could be more than happy? Think about it. Happiness can be found in a moment. You're relaxing on a beach looking out at the ocean. That's a happy place to be. But joy, well, it goes deeper. Like the bright coral reef under the sea, joy is within you, even in the midst of life's struggles. Scripture speaks of joy as being one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's a gift that's yours to receive. So let's start living a joy-filled life. To do that, we're going to talk about things like having an attitude of gratitude, conquering fear, finding faith, learning to love yourself, and so much more. We can do this together, so let's dive in. So you are made in the image and likeness of God, and with all the imperfections you believe you have, you are His masterpiece. Loving you. That's what we're talking about today. And I couldn't be happier to introduce my guest. Her name is Blakely Bigham. She's one of the members of the Stand Up and Choose Tour. It's an assembly I host in middle schools that's empowering students to respect themselves and others. During this assembly, Blakely speaks so beautifully on self-love. She knows personally how being able to love yourself impacts the choices you make in life. Welcome, Blakely. Hi, Mary. Happy to be here. So happy that you're here. So happy that you're here. You know, and you do love yourself. I know that, but... Once upon a time, it was a different story. So let's talk about that. Could you share share a little bit about your your life and your story? Yeah. So a little um, backstory. Once upon a time, as you said, um, growing up to begin with, I grew up in a very loving household, and I have to say that I am an only child. I was raised as an only child, and back then, my mom was a stay at home mom. So you know, she really had the time to pour a lot of love and support into my younger self. So. With that being said, she started me in dance class just to socialize me a bit more um, when I was only two years old. And at that young age, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, my parents did try to get me to venture out and do some other sports, but I would still be just doing cartwheels in the outfield. So they realized, hey, she's got a passion for this. We're going to keep her in dance class. Um, So then moving forward a little bit, when I was five, I won what was called Dancer of the Year at my dance studio at the time, which shocked some people because I was only in kindergarten. And of course, I didn't have a lot of skills yet. There wasn't a whole lot I could do being so young. But what this award essentially meant was that I would perform a solo the next year and be on the cover of this dance book. Um, So going into that following year after the recital was said and done, uh, it started to take a turn. Um, I remember the friends I had made, they were started to exclude me from sleepovers. Um, and I would approach them for conversations, they would turn their back. And then that also resulted into I was physically pushed into the ballet bars. Um, so after that year, you know, my, my feelings were crushed a little bit. So I ended up moving studios, um, my mom felt that was the best after what had transpired that year. So Once I moved dance studios, it was that new kid in school mentality. Um, You know, the cliques are already established there in the new place. So I had to find my way of making new friends. And it was at the same time where I was a young girl. I started going through puberty. My body was changing. And that kind of started to become the topic of comments that I would receive from, you know, girls in the dance studio. 
Uh, I recall specifically one time um, a girl asked me if the bus could move once I got on it um, for school. And then another situation where I'm kind of aging myself here, but back when my space was around and I was probably way too young to be on it, but back then we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, a girl had commented, this is, I guess, when, you know, cyberbullying began, she commented on all of my photos saying comments like, you are fat, you are ugly, you are stupid, things, you know, that we throw around when we're younger um, that were hurtful. And like I said, growing up in a, positive, loving environment, I didn't really start to see that negative effect until, you know, you go to school and you're around different people, different experiences. Um, So that had happened from the ages of, say, six to nine. Um, And then, like I said, I switched the dance studios. And so then I made the choice when I was in sixth grade, I was about 11 years old. Um, I gave up my dream of dancing. And back then, as a young girl with a lot of aspirations, I thought one day I would be a prima ballerina. So um, with the years of just receiving comments and never really feeling like I was fitting in, I gave up my dream of dancing. um, Because especially back then, I had no knowledge of how to stand up for myself and not allow the opinion of others to affect me. So, you know, I had essentially given up given up on my dreams and given up on dance. So I quit that year. Okay. So words are powerful and, you know, and they, they affect everything that you do and everything that you can think about yourself, especially to, to a young child like that. But how did you come to know it was time to change your mindset? You know, your mindset, was there an aha moment that you had? Yeah. Uh, funny how life works out and things can come full circle. Um, and like you said, words are very powerful. And I remember hearing things like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And, you know, I think that words do hurt. And there's that other quote that says, you know, people might forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you make made them feel. Um, I agree with that to an extent. But for me, you know, I very clearly remember things that were said, and they were hurtful. But um, my mindset changed. I remember, so that was in sixth grade when I quit. And back then, um, you went to middle school and you were in seventh grade. So I remember dance registrations were going on as I was approaching middle school and that slipped by. I, of course, didn't sign up and, you know, I felt crushed. Um, the first day of middle school, I went to chorus class and I met Gail Cunio for the first time. Uh, Mary, I know you've interviewed her in the past. So, you know, what a remarkable person she is. Um, I learned she was the director of the middle school musicals and signups were going on at that time. So I signed up for the musical purely for the fact of getting to spend more time with her, um, having never been in a musical before. Um, Interestingly enough, I learned that musicals have an extreme amount of dancing in them. And there I was on stage again, doing what I loved while also developing passions for singing and acting. Um, Little did I know, I just wanted to spend more time with her. And there she was throwing me in a dance number and called me out front and center, um, which was just interesting to say the least. Um, To say I became obsessed is an understatement with musicals. Uh, And the thing about theater and performing is, you know, you become so vulnerable being on a stage that confidence is the only choice you have. And confidence, I learned, is something that can be learned. It can be taught to you. It's a skill that you can develop over time. Um, And I have to credit Gail Cunio for teaching me and countless others the gift of confidence, which then put me on a journey to self-love. 
my aha moment that I got to have was in eighth grade. Um, I remember a girl in the school, she started drawing pictures of me with negative labels on them. Um, and she was putting them in my locker and I would get them out and I gained so much confidence through the experience of theater and getting to dance again that when that happened to me the second time around a few years later, it did not affect me the way it once did. And this time around, I was not going to quit something I loved, which was very important for me to learn um, and different from the first time around. Um, once you recognize your worth, you no longer allow yourself to believe lies from others. And I think it was so important for me to learn this in middle school because it then, you know, paved the way for me to become an adult. Um, I learned to love and respect myself enough to not experiment with drugs or alcohol and the other pressures of being a teen in high school and college because I respected myself enough to know that I wanted a career, I wanted a life worth living, and I respected myself enough to not dabble in those things. And having not had that experience, you know, it's hard to say where I would be now. So that was a aha moment. And the second time around, you know, I learned from the first experience. That's, that's a beautiful thing. The Stand Up and Choose to Wear Assembly is inspiring middle school students to respect themselves and others. Our cast of speakers are elevating hope, encouraging emotional support, and empowering students with coping skills so they can be strong from the inside out. Now with virtual and customized presentations, we're taking it to the next level so the kids everywhere can too. To bring the Stand Up and Choose Tour to your school, visit MaryMotivates.com. You're a teacher. So in the classroom, how do you help shape the self-image of kids to love who they are? Yeah, so uh, the journey of confidence and self-love, um, you know, I'm only 25 years old. So of course, I don't have a lot to go on in terms of life experiences. But in the short life that I've lived, um, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot. And on the journey of um, reaching self-love, it's caused me to take a different course in my life and my dream of, you know, being a prima ballerina, it's, it's changed. Um, now I'm a teacher and I also am a director, um, as you were starting to say, for Siegley. It's a local community group for kids. Um, and my hope is to change lives in the way that my life was once changed. Um, and I learned when I was in college what's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And it's very interesting. It's how children can learn based on this pyramid. Um, and if you look it up at the bottom of the period of the pyramid is making sure all their physiological needs are met. So at the bottom, um, it says having food to eat and getting enough sleep. That's, you know, your starting point. And then it moves to feeling safe. And then it moves up another um, level to followed by a sense of love belonging and esteem. And I remember when I learned this for the first time, I was so intrigued. And the belief is that all of these needs must be met before you even begin to teach the ABCs or learn how to do a jazz square. Um, and so the way I go about teaching and the way I go about directing for Siegley, um, it's different, I think, than the normal way. And that most of my focus is um, on love and belonging versus being bound for Broadway and getting straight A's. Um, I want to make sure the most important needs are met and that they feel loved and supported because I believe that's, you know, how they begin to learn um, and make sure that they feel seen. So in my eyes, every kid is equal regardless of 
the roles they have in a show or, you know, what they've learned in the past and they're bringing to this new year in school. And I try my best to strive to make them all feel like superstars. How does your faith play into loving who you are? Yes, I love this question. Um, And something that I failed to mention so far is, luckily for me, I was raised in a Christian household and my faith is the most important thing to me in my life. And, you know, realizing that no one loves you more than your heavenly father and that before you were even formed in the womb, um, he knew you. And before you were born, he set you apart. That's a testament that you are loved even when, you know, you can't love yourself. Um, There's always, always that one person being God that loves you no matter what, no matter how many times you fail or fall short. Um, You know, we teach young kids a song uh, that goes, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm sure we all grew up hearing that. um, And that little rhyme, you know, it's so simple, but wow, it's, it's so powerful. And we learn that as children, but as adults, we grow in the understanding um, more so reading the Bible, learning that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, he says we're more precious than any jewel, and we're also clothed in strength and dignity. Um, and hearing that and speaking that over yourself is so powerful. And if he says that, surely we can believe it. And I heard a quote that once said, um, you can't love the creator and not love his creation. Um, he created you. And just as we are in awe of the sun rising, he's in awe of us. Uh, Matthew 6:26 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Um, having faith is it's fundamental um, because we cannot require others on this earth to fulfill us or we will often be left disappointed as I'm sure you can reflect upon as you're listening to this. Um, but God is there for us from the get go, but it's then on us to follow him and believe the truth he's placed on us over our lives. Um, you know, it also says the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. I'm sure you see students coming in who are, who are already confident and ready, but then there are probably other kids who are like, you know, I'll check this out, but I'm not sure I want to do this. Have you seen a transformation, like a child who comes into theater camp unsure of himself and ends up confident, loving and believing in themselves? Have you seen this transformation unfold? I have, and I have to tell you, it's it's incredible to watch that process from beginning to end. And um, the first time I saw that transformation was, of course, in myself. And now getting to be on the other side. Um, it's just such a full circle moment when I see the beautiful journey of what's happening. Oftentimes it, it just brings tear to, tears to my eyes um, watching that process unfold. Um, as you know, Mary, uh, we do what's called circle in Siegley. Um, so it's when we've finished all the rehearsals, it's time to put on the show. What we do is we you know, stand in a circle and we hold hands and it's an opportunity where we invite anyone to step forward and, you know, say words of encouragement or just share their experiences. And it's amazing to see someone as young as six years old um, come forward in their little voice. And oftentimes they begin to cry because just of the positive friendships they've made and realizing this little six-year-old, they can sing a solo all by themselves. Um, so then in another second, you see a 17-year-old about to graduate high school 
they come forward right afterwards. And they also have tears in their eyes because of the support that they've received from staff and peers. You can tell it's meant everything to them, especially in those difficult teenage years. And almost every statement begins with, at first, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this. You know, my mom talked me into it kind of thing. And then it ends with, this has changed my life and I will never forget this experience. Um, I remember speaking at Circle for the first time when I was in eighth grade. And I recall clear as day saying those same things that I would never forget what I learned and I would be telling generations about it for years to come. And here I am. <laughs> and hopefully um, I'll get to do this for a long time because it's just amazing being a part of something where, you know, you really do feel like you can change lives and change perspectives. Um, so I'm really fortunate to be in this position and to help others in the way that I was once helped. And my dream has changed, but it's become such a bigger and better dream that I never thought possible. Every community should have a have a community theater group that uh, really centers around kids and and helps grow them strong from from the inside out for sure. So you know, like a leather baseball glove, you know, it could take years of wear for us to feel comfortable in our own skins for so many of us. You know, but if you could go back in time to that dance class, what would you say to your eight year old self? Uh, that's a that's a great question and. I spent a lot of years beating myself up for moving studios and quitting. Um, but I, now that I'm, you know, looking back many years later, I'd actually applaud my younger self who really didn't know better, but I didn't fight fire with fire. Um, I didn't let that experience make me bitter. And although I was hurt by it, um, I didn't go on to hurt others, which could have been very easy for me to do. And it's so easy to let challenges harden your heart, but true strength is climbing that mountain to see the other side. Um, I recently read a poem I came across. Uh, I don't want to share it with you and your listeners and what I would have read to myself back then that I think is the perfect summary to this message. So um, bear with me. It's not super long, but it's got a lot of good nuggets of information. And the poem goes like this. It says, are you still holding back? Are you still biting your tongue? Do you still replay their unkind words? That moment you felt less than, that hurts. It still hurts. Does it make you think twice? Does it cause you to hesitate? Does it still paralyze you? Did it change the way you talk to yourself? When did you stop being kind to yourself? Can you remember? Were you ever? Because you should be. Because you're good and because you're loved. So be kind to yourself and pick yourself up and open your chest and take a deep breath and tell yourself the true things, the things that you've convinced yourself are lies and say them again and again and again. And with clenched fist, declare that you are good. Declare that you are loved and no events or circumstances or ups and downs or any person or any person's careless words can keep you from being loved because you are worthy of it. So pick yourself up and be loved. Thanks for sharing all of that with us today. Uh, our listeners, I'm sure are going to take that away and uh, just be stronger for it. And I know in, in really what I love about your example too, is not only the lessons that you've learned personally in your life through the experience of the wear and tear of that leather glove, if you will, but 
but how we can be the difference in somebody else's life by the way that we treat them, encourage them, uh, love them, and, and, and give them that room to grow. And so um, being, we all need to be a Blakely to somebody. And so I thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Oh, thank you, Mary. I'm really um, glad that you asked me to be a part of this. It was an honor. And um, yeah, I love what you said. And honestly, nothing can make you yourself feel better than helping others. Um, it's just, it's a humble experience to be able to do that. And like I said, my dream changed, but I, I love where I'm at right now. And what I'm able to do, especially for our community and um, what you're doing is, is great as well. And, you know, you're an inspiration to definitely myself and a lot of others out there. Thank you again for asking me to be a part of this. All right. Thank you so much, Blakely. Know that you are loved. Turn that mirror around and say those words. So powerful. Through those years, Blakely showed us that she took the high road and she learned to love herself. She found her true calling to help kids be confident and strong. She couldn't have done this if she didn't first love herself. I encourage you to look in the mirror and see yourself as God sees you. Speak words of truth and affirmation about the strong and beautiful person that He made. God loves you, so you love you. I also encourage you to follow the More Than Happy podcast. Next time, we're talking about the love thy neighbor part of the second commandment and how the way you treat others is reflected by your own self-worth. Until then, live joyfully.